Hello, friend, and welcome to the Rise Collective podcast. I'm your host, Carrie Jordan, and I'm honored to facilitate a place to gather and hear stories and teachings from our relations. Thank you for being here. If you find value in these episodes, you can become a patron and get exclusive bonus content at patreon.com slash risecollective. Before we begin, let's call in our benevolent guides. We humbly give thanks for your assistance and support today. May our listeners hear what they need to hear in service of their highest good. And so it is. Hello and welcome to the Rise Collective Podcast. I'm Carrie Jordan and this is episode 14. Today, for the first time, I'm sharing a teaching about ancestral healing. I feel called to share this teaching because it's really tying together my various understandings of the importance of ancestral healing and um, on an individual level and on a collective level. First, I want to remind you of the Patreon page where you can contribute to the production of the show. When you do that, you get tons of exclusive and bonus content from podcast guests and from myself. The Patreon giveaway for this episode is an ancestral healing workbook to get you started on healing your own family line. You can access that workbook on patreon.com slash rise collective. In the show, we're talking about science and shamanism, what ancient wisdom is being validated through epigenetic science, why ancestral healing is a lever in creating a cultural and spiritual revolution in order to shift our trajectory from oppressive systems, and finally, the two prongs of ancestral healing and how to get started. Once again, if you're interested in getting started on your own ancestral healing journey, check out my Patreon for the bonus workbook at patreon.com slash risecollective. Okay, let's get into it. We've talked about ancestral healing before on this podcast um, with some of the guests like with Christina Pratt a few episodes ago and with Malada Gebermedin, we have talked about um, how how our ancestors' traumas can influence our lives today and how the traumas of our past lives can um, can weigh down on our lives today. I can link those episodes in the show notes so that you can get an idea of what I'm referring to when I talk about that. And in this episode, I want to talk about some of the ways that our ancestors might be holding us back if we don't do the ancestral healing that is necessary to address the traumas and the issues that live in our family lines, in our ancestral lines. And that live in our consciousness, that live in our DNA. And I'm not just talking about this from a spiritual perspective um, or a shamanic perspective, but I, I, my intention is to bring in some scientific backing <laughs> um, for those skeptics out there who might not quote-unquote believe in ancestral healing or might not think that this is really a thing. So I'm going to share some of those, some of the research that I've done about epigenetics and um, integrate both sides, like 
the shamanic side, the spiritual side, and the scientific side. And what I've noticed in my studies of shamanism is that often what is ancient and what is known from a spiritual uh, perspective is now being discovered in the scientific community. And an example of that is um, quantum physics. Another example that a friend shared with me the other day is that there's now imaging that shows meridians in the body. So it's basically validating the thousands of years of ancient wisdom Chinese from Chinese medicine and acupuncture. So I think some people might need the the um, scientific perspectives in order to kind of quell their skepticism or to be convinced that this is real. Um, but some some of us don't need that. Some of us have a way that um, these shamanic perspectives and the, these ancient, ways of ancient wisdom really seem logical. They seem rational. They seem like, yeah, I, I can see that. Like I, I ex- either experience that in my life or, um, it doesn't really occur to me as belief in other words. So I'm going to jump in. First, I want to give a proactive reveal that I'm nearing the end of my pregnancy here and my voice when I speak can be a little shaky and that's because I have a little bit of trouble catching my breath and my lungs are squashed. (laughs) So bear with me. Hopefully it's not too hard to listen to me panting and (laughs) having a rough time speaking. So I'm going to jump in to this teaching and this um, information that I have about ancestral healing. Here we go. We all come from a long line of ancestors, right? And it dates back millions of years. Just think about that for a second. You have millions of years worth of ancestors. How many generations could that be? Often when I think about my ancestors, I think about the ones that I see in photo albums, like my grandparents, my great-grandparents, my great-great-grandparents, and that is just a drop in the bucket of how many ancestors I come from. Same for you, of course. So while our ancestors date back six million years The modern form of humans only evolved about 200,000 years ago. Our lineage includes those who are not yet born, living descendants, you, living elders, those who are remembered dead. The lineage between ancestral guides and the remembered dead, ancestral guides, and collective human ancestors. And that's 200,000 BCE to Ancestral Guides. And in the book Ancestral Medicine, I'll have to 
link this in the show notes for you in the book Ancestral Medicine. He, um, the author shows a really cool diagram of how this looks that I can also link in the show notes. So that's where I got that info. So imagine everything that's happened within your ancestral lines, including emotional upheaval, celebrations, magic, wisdom, pain, struggle, abuse, ecstasy, everything encompassed in the fullness of the human experience throughout history. All of these threads from your ancestral lines are part of you. In fact, the information and and experiences from those ancestral lines exist within your DNA. So how do ancestral experiences influence DNA? First, I want to just touch on another piece of this, which is, I believe, part of epigenetics that a friend was discussing with me. Same friend, (laughs) JD. Hi, JD. Um, the other day he was talking about this book called the bio, the biology of belief by Bruce Lipton. In this book, he talks about how our beliefs can either turn on or off different genes. And it's the same idea of what I'm about to talk about. But so what we think and what we believe, this is why mindset is so important, right? They can turn off our genes. They can turn off our cap- on and off our capabilities within our DNA. And so bear with me as I kind of explore how this is also true with, um, with our ancestry, with our chemical exposure and um, what we can pass down to our descendants, our our strength or resilience or pain challenges etc we can pass those down to our descendants and um, likewise we have been passed down those same things so scientists used to believe that we were born with a fixed genetic blueprint that determine our traits and our behaviors and our health but recent discoveries in epigenetics have radically rebooted that theory by demonstrating that the the DNA is more of a switchboard than a blueprint. So if you're looking at a switchboard, you can turn things on or off, right? And that's kind of what I was getting at with the beliefs. You, you can turn on or off each gene based on what is being uh, manifested in life. This study of molecular changes that don't alter DNA code, but instead influence which genes are turned on or off, or which genes express or manifest in life, um, that's what this study is about. Gene expression governs how the genetic code translates into proteins. And the proteins are the worker bees of the bodies of the body. They they include enzymes that are vital for life functions and hormones that are messengers that travel throughout the body to direct bodily function and even mood. We know that diet and chemical exposure can cause epigenetic changes that can then be passed down to descendants. So Recently, scientists have been asking 
of experiences like child neglect, drug abuse, or other severe stresses can also set up set off epigenetic changes to the DNA inside the neurons of a person's brain. So this is how belief connects. Because if you're you're a person who's experiencing child neglect or drug abuse, it's going to affect your brain. It's going to affect how you think about life, what you believe about life, and then your DNA is going to be switched on and off. Like the expressions of your DNA are going to be switched on and off based on what goes on in the neurons of your brain. So geneticists have also found that epigenetic change can be passed down from parent to child from one generation to the next. They're still uncovering the details of how it works, but it seems clear that our ancestors' strength and resilience and pain and challenges alter the expressions of our genes. They influence our lives and our dispositions, our health, our moods, and possibly behavior. So that is the background of how, of epigenetics, of, of how it works from a scientific perspective. And now I'm going to kind of shift into um, the shamanic work that we can do to heal and to create wellness forward and backwards in our family lines, for our descendants, and for our ancestors. And what what's unique about healing in the shamanic realms, in the other realms um, with shamanic practices and shamanic healing, is that when we heal in the other realms, it translates into this realm. Uh, time and space collapses in the other realms. And so... That's why we can heal forward and backwards when we heal ourselves. So let's, let's go into ancestral healing here. And I think of it as a two-pronged approach. The first prong is working with the ancestors who are unwell. And what we're doing as we're working with those ancestors who are unwell is we're helping them to cross to the other side. Because um, in our society, in our culture you know, hundreds of years ago and up to now, there are a lot of people who were not properly buried, who were not proper. I mean, you don't have to be buried to have a proper death, but their deaths were not um, recognized in a healthy way that helps them to cross to the other side. It's kind of like in those ghost movies where there's unfinished business from the dead. So let's dive into this. It can be helpful to focus on the strength and the resilience of those who came before us. But at the same time, the challenges and the traumas of those who came before us really are in need of healing. In recent centuries, our cultures and societies have strayed from traditional burials and ways of handling death, like I said. And as a result of that, there are ancestors who are not well. And who are in need of healing before they're able to cross over to the other side. And those ancestors are not not true ancestors. And that's because they're not helping guides. But instead they're ghosts. They're stuck in, lim- in limbo. 
Um, so that's why I like to say when calling in the ancestors during ritual and ceremony, don't just call in all your ancestors. Always call in the ancestors who are well, the benevolent guides, because you don't want the ghosts and the unwell ancestors to be coming into your space. You don't want them really meddling in your life because they're not well. So that's why you always want to say ancestors who are well only. As you might know, the work that we do in other realms during shamanic journey work and during meditation translates into this realm. So whether or not your relatives know that you're working to heal your lineage, you might see shifts in your family members as a result of ancestral healing. And that's because when you complete these healings for yourself and for your ancestral lines, the healings can affect your ancestors and your descendants forward and backwards. And it's like a spider web, like I was explaining. So this work is really not for the faint of heart. <laughs> if you if you don't want to get your hands dirty, work with a shamanic practitioner. This is the dirty work of shamanism. There are things in our lineages that we might rather not know about and we might rather not see. I've I recommend doing this work with the support of a friend or um a trusted practitioner. So if you do it yourself, take one step at a time and don't take on too much at once. Don't bite off more than you can chew. Um, a couple of ways that we can work with the, um, the ancestors is in the journey state where you can begin to understand the stories and the struggles of those in your lineage. And you can find out what are the patterns that tend to repeat themselves in each generation what, what is the unfinished business of the dead in your lines? And the next step is really to ask what repairs are necessary along your lineage. And then you want to work with those particular ancestors to make those repairs. Now I want to dive into the second way, the second prom, prong of ancestral healings. And that is healing one's own DNA and unlocking the genetic codes that have been suppressed due to ancestral experiences. And as you can imagine, this can be, um, if you've ever had a soul retrieval session, you might find this to be similar, where soul retrieval is when you receive, when you welcome a soul part that has been lost for a long time back into wholeness in your being. So this can feel similar if you're unlocking genetic codes that have been suppressed in your being due to what you've been passed down, due to beliefs in your uh, brain neurons that are turning on and off different parts of your genetic code. So you might find that you have new capacities, you have new, new, lots of newness unlocking in your experience. So track that. So let's get into healing your own DNA. The eons of trauma and perpetuated negative patterns of our ancestors have a lot of potential to hold us back as individuals and as a collective. And this, as a collective piece, has a huge asterisk on it. This is why I believe that ancestral healing is a lever to the spiritual and cultural revolution. Imagine what could be possible if each person 
did this ancestral healing work, imagine what bricks could be lifted off the psyches of so many. Imagine what could be possible if people were able to access everything that's available to them in their genetic code. That's why I think that this work is so important to the collective. So I really want to underline that. So a good example, some good examples of how this is affecting the collective is just consider the systems of oppression that exist in, in, in just the United States, not even the world. So oppression of people of color, oppression of women, um, oppression, systems of oppression that have persisted for centuries and even millennia. Is it possible that a mass movement of ancestral healings could begin to support shifts in people's behaviors? Consider both ancestral experiences of generations of slaves and their descendants, generations of colonizers and conquerors and slave owners and their descendants. It's logical that these groups continue to pass down their behaviors and their beliefs and their fear and their struggles, their pain to their descendants. If we look at the science, that's what's happening. <laughs> so without the help of ancestral healing, these perpetuated patterns continue to affect life on an individual and on a collective level. After you've done the work to become familiar with what has happened with your ancestral line, there are lots of ways that you can unlock what has been unavailable to you and unavailable to those in your family within your genetic code. Because you all have similar genetic codes, right? So you can do this through creating ceremony, through ritual, or through shamanic journey work, working with a shamanic practitioner. So I want to leave you with this, that... Shamanic ancestral healing can shift cultural patterns and can shift the trajectory of how we are living in the world, how we're treating the earth. Ancestral healing and unlocking previously unavailable genetic code is available to all of us. Those who are practicing shamanism have a responsibility to assist and to support their communities doing this shamanic healing work, this ancestral healing work. And as a result, the effects of these healings can reach far and wide in service of shifting the cultures that we live in. It's, it's clear to me that we've lost our connection with ourselves and with the earth. And I believe that when we clear harmful belief patterns, harmful mindset patterns, harmful neurological patterns and ancestral wounds, that life on earth will shift. Thank you for listening. Thanks for taking in this episode. If you got value out of it, please take a screenshot and share it on Instagram and tag me, Carrie. I hope the interview inspired you. I'll put any relevant links in the show notes at therisecollective.org. That's also where you can find my past episodes, weekly blog, and products for sale. While you're there, download the guide to feminine goal setting and learn how to work in harmony with folk magic and the rhythms of the earth. Hundreds of women have used this method to weave magic into their lives. It's a simple guide and it'll help you move forward toward your soul's purpose. 
If you love the show, please consider supporting its production at patreon.com slash risecollective. I can't do this alone. There's lots of costs associated with the podcast, and if you believe that the voices of our indigenous elders and ancient wisdom need a platform to reach more people, please consider becoming a patron. I'd also love if you'd leave us a review and subscribe to the podcast in whatever app you listen to podcasts. I so appreciate your support. Thanks for listening, and I'll look forward to next time.
Thank you for taking in this episode. If you got value out of it, please take a screenshot and share it on Instagram and tag me, Carrie. I hope this interview inspired you. I'll put any relevant links in the show notes at therisecollective.org. You can find past episodes, my weekly blog, and products for sale at therisecollective.org. While you're there, download the guide to feminine goal setting and learn how to work in harmony with folk magic and the rhythms of the earth. Hundreds of women have used this method to weave magic into their lives. It's a simple guide and it'll help you towards fulfilling your soul's purpose. If you love this show, please consider supporting its production at patreon.com slash risecollective. Like I said, I can't do this alone. There are costs associated with this project, and if you, like me, believe that the voices of our indigenous elders and wisdom keepers need a platform to reach more people, please become a patron. It's so worth your while, and you'll get gifts from podcast guests. I also provide guided meditations, bonus interviews, resource guides, videos, audios, and so much more. You can get all of this at just $3 a month. Thank you, and please subscribe in whatever app you listen to podcasts. I so appreciate you leaving a review so the show can reach more people. Thanks for listening. Looking forward to next time.